Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a wonderful show today, and I know people are going to enjoy it because we're going to talk about um, grief revisited and about the fact that it's never too late and even to even write about it. So uh, Heidi, you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, I actually love this topic, Mom, because I feel like a lot of people, when they revisit their grief, they think something's wrong with them. And they think, why are things coming up for me? Why am I being triggered? Why are these memories happening? And there's nothing wrong with you. You know, grief is a journey and it, and it, it comes about in different times in your life. So we are going to talk with Ken Lefkowitz today. Ken is a retired business consultant. He is a bereaved dad that lost his baby daughter. He is the author of the book, Weave of Destiny. And he has been published in a lot of major newspapers and professional journals. So welcome to the show, Ken. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. Now, um, your book starts out telling the story of your wife is pregnant. It's Vietnam era, right? Yes, correct. And your wife is pregnant, and you find out um, the baby stops moving at, uh, almost at term, and do um, you find out, I guess it has hydrocephalic, where the brain, water on the brain, as it yes, were? Yes, hydrocephalus. Hyperocephalus, and they and the doctor told you not to tell your wife that the baby had died. And doctors had known because they heard no heartbeat. Okay. From the eighth month on. Wow. And they, the way medicine was handled then, yeah, was kind of close to the vest and not sharing with the patient. Mm -hmm. so they didn't tell my wife. Um. But what's interesting was they, it's a, it's a very convoluted story, but they told my wife's family, I was in the service at the time, mm -hmm. in a combat unit, Vietnam, wow. and I was flown back because they knew she was going to deliver a stillborn, and psychologists said, I need to be at her side when it happens. Wow. And, and I loved your wife's comment. It's so dear. I, I told Heidi to say that the baby might have died so you could live because you were in combat in Vietnam. And my wife is just an incredible person. Um, her strength of character um, and her, her philosophy and views on life mm -hmm. infectious to me um, got us through it. So I'll pick up the story after the, I call it the first baby, died from hydrocephalus. My wife needed a cesarean section in order to deliver the baby because the head was enlarged. Right. Then C-sections weren't done the way they were done now. She was from the navel down uh, to the groin area. Wow remove the baby. So um, there I am in my uniform, standing by her side, 
Um, and then also medicine has changed. After a woman had a C-section, she stayed in the hospital for five or six or seven days. Yeah. It wasn't a, a quick deal. So she was in a hospital and wound up sharing the room with a woman who was giving her baby away. Wow. Oh my God. It was a real irony and painful indeed. Anyway, we get through that and we're about it seven, eight months later. And we decide with the advice of doctors that we knew to try again. They tell us this is a one in 100,000 event. And we went for some minor genetics counseling. I said it wasn't genetic. So we tried again. And that baby was born and was healthy. It was a son. We named him Matthew. We were absolutely elated. We were on cloud nine. Two days after he's born, I get a call from the hospital. Your son is very ill. Oh, my goodness. Come quickly. So needless to say, I bolt to the hospital, and I don't even get a chance to go to my wife's room. I get intercepted in the lobby by a doctor and a nurse, and they say, the ambulance with your son is leaving very soon. We need to take him to a major regional medical facility that has a very advanced neo, uh, neonatal intensive care unit. Right. So I, now my head is spinning, of course, and I, ju I jump in the ambulance. I can remember the ride like it was yesterday. We arrive at the new hospital, and I'm told to wait um, until they start the treatment for my son. And I, then they usher me in to the intensive care unit. And he's in a crib-like facility with a plastic dome over it. Wow. Two sleeves on either side so that uh, he can be attended to. And he is just full of pipes and intravenous and every and his, he's breathing his labor totally labor so the doctor says go ahead put your hands in and i do and i touch his little hand and i'm holding him and i can see he's in trouble doctor says he has hyaline membrane disease right. wow. what happened was because she needed another c-section that's why i talked about the c-section to begin with she needed another C-section because that one was so severe, she couldn't deliver naturally or there was a chance of a, a, a uterine rupture. Mm -hmm. So he was, turns out he was delivered too early. So wow. technically to answer your question, he was premature. Mm -hmm. And as I'm holding his hand, all of a sudden everything stops and he passes away. Wow. wow, Ken. So you lost yeah, there two was, children. There, there was nothing they could do to help him. He was too yeah. far on. Then we, we waited for a while and decided we needed to bring the baby into our lives. Um, we always look, our, our approach to life is look to the future, look to the actions that you can take and don't dwell on the tragedy. So we decided to adopt. We went through that, and there were some rocky moments in it, but it turned out wonderful. 
and that's our eldest daughter right now. And we were just, again, elated. Mm -hmm. Now we have this wonderful adopted child. And we're about a year later. We make a decision for a number of reasons to try again. Mm -hmm. Because we didn't want Kim. Kim is our, is our adopted daughter, who is just the joy of our life. Mm -hmm. We didn't want her to be brought up as an only child. We wanted her to have a sibling. We go through seven months of pregnancy. Everything goes wonderful. And on, she, we're at the doctor's now. And he says, sit down. I have some bad news for you. Oh, your, your baby is developing what your first baby died from. So we went through a living hell for two weeks. Mm -hmm to say it was really difficult that was like getting punched in the stomach because mm -hmm. it took the wind out of us but again our approach was suck it up hope for the best never give up hope stay positive because when you stay positive you see opportunities not obstacles mm -hmm. and it turned out oh, the tests were wrong the ultrasound was in its very early stages. So the normative data wasn't totally accurate. And they, they didn't estimate my wife's due date correctly. Mm. So we just were thrilled. And that's our second son now. Oh, wonderful. So yeah. that was terrific. 10 months later, she finds out she's pregnant. What? Yes, that's what we said. Exactly. What big what that <laughs> anyway, make a long story short, that's our third child. That's wow. amazing. Wow, I, now, I love this. I now I've got to ask you this. Sure. What has it done? How is it people are gonna to want to know they're listening to you? You retired and you decided to start writing your personal story. How was it to go back and visit that? Mm -hmm. Um very difficult at times when I was relating the tragedy. I mean, it, it brought tears to me, and there were a few times I needed to stop. But because the end result was absolutely fabulous, we have three terrific kids mm -hmm. and four wonderful grandchildren now, um, I could always cry a little and then come out of it and say, I'm writing the rest of the story because it's a great story and how it ends. And it's a story about hope. It's about looking into the future, staying positive. And, you know, my wife's theory about life is when you have, you need to take what life throws at you, keep your head up high, be brave, be courageous, and don't dwell on a tragedy and get sucked into the feelings of anger and despair. You need to put those behind you. Stay positive, look and explore alternatives, which we never stopped doing through all the tragedies. It was always focusing on the future and taking actions so we could mold our life to where we wanted it. Now, let me ask you, what does writing do for you? 
I mean, in general, you wrote, you wrote things in business, right? You yes. Were, well, you were kind of a writer before, or, and is it different than writing a personal journey? Very different. Extremely <laughs> different. The stuff that I wrote about business, and I've written a lot about healthcare, because that was one of the things that I managed. And I've written a number of articles that you mentioned have been published about our broken free market healthcare system and why it doesn't work. And when you write that versus writing the book and my own personal tragedy, it's almost distant when you write. It's an intellectual exercise and it's very rewarding, but it isn't necessarily something that you become personally involved in. But reflecting back on the tragedies that you were able to overcome and the, the, the roller coaster ride of emotions that we went through was very different. It was gripping. And I was sometimes emotionally torn when I was writing, which doesn't happen when you're writing on the intellectual side at all. Do you have any tips for people on how to do it? To your point, absolutely about timing. When you're writing something that's gut-wrenching to you, it's easy to start putting it off. It's very easy to get caught up in, in the old tragedy and your fingers kind of freeze up on the keyboard and you don't want to keep going. So what I did was I definitely set aside some time every, I wrote for three consecutive days and then took two days off to recover. Mm, I like that. And, and then I started again for three consecutive days and always at the same time. Now, what I found, I'm an exerciser, okay? Uh, I'm an ex-football player, and wow. I exercise seven days a week. And I exercise at a definitive time every day. So what I did was I tied my writing to my exercising. So mm. as soon as I exercised and I wore myself out, took a quick shower, I sat down and wrote. Oh, that's smart. So you've got a schedule. You got yeah, to schedule absolutely. every day. Absolutely, because it's very easy to slip. It's it is. Good to make it slip, especially when you're writing about the tragedy piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, thank you for uh, telling us about that. And, and I think it's great. It, it just shows that, I mean, you retired and you had some time and probably we're reflecting more on this. And, and what a wonderful thing to be able to bring that out, not only helping other people how you do it, but having generations of your family hear these stories. I mean, it's just a, a wonderful thing to do um, in, in helping yourself and revisiting grief, right, Hyde? Absolutely, Ken. And you are a testament to hope after loss because you've had multiple losses. And I love all the ways that you live your life and the words of wisdom that your, your wife gave you. They are well, amazing. You. Tell people where they can get your book, Amazon, Weave of Destiny. Or you can order it in a bookstore. Okay. Uh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Hey, thank you. And, you know, this was like rewriting my book, talking to the two. This was <laughs> wonderful. I love it, Ken. And I love that you said, stay positive and you will see opportunities, not obstacles, because that is definitely what you have done. So thank, thank you. you so much.
Thanks a lot. Thanks everybody for joining us on this show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.